Thank you again for the privilege of being with you. Please turn in your Bibles to Psalm 110. Psalm 110, hear God's Word. A Psalm of David. The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power, in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. The Lord has sworn and will not change his mind. You are a priest forever, according to the order of Melchizedek. The Lord is at your right hand. He will shatter kings in the day of his wrath. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this, your word. Thank you that you have been pleased to give it to us in uh, this poetic form. Uh, Thank you that we may not only read uh, these, uh, your words, but also sing them. Uh, for our own comfort and delight. And we pray that as we uh, look at this song in uh, your book of songs, we pray that you'll be pleased to lift our hearts to you, to trust you, and to know Jesus Christ, to serve him as our Lord and King and Priest. Bless us to this end, we pray, in the good name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen. Perhaps when uh, you were uh, a little one, or if you are a little one in the congregation this morning, uh, you uh, remember listening in to uh, conversations of your parents. You would uh, sit on the floor and perhaps perk up your ear and listen as the big people were uh, talking to one another. And you'd listen to learn and uh, to gain insight. In Psalm 110, uh, as God's children, uh, we are listening in to the words of the Father that he speaks to his only begotten son. We're brought into a conversation, as it were, within the Trinity. Uh, It's not hidden from our view. Uh, Much in the news these days about spies and listening in on conversations. Uh, But this is a conversation that is recorded in the Bible for your benefit and for my benefit. And in this conversation, we learn about the plans of the Father with regard to His Son, 
And we learn that God has plans for the likes of you and me. And his great plan for you and me involving his son is that we are to serve him. You are to serve Jesus Christ, your priest and king. And that's the big point that the psalm brings us to in this great poem found in the Psalter. The Father, we learn first of all, has appointed Jesus Christ to be your king. Verse 1, The Lord says to my Lord, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. Here the conversation begins. The Lord, and you notice how it's put in our Bibles, Lord, L-O-R-D, all caps, referring to the Father, says to my Lord, Lord, capital L, and then small O-R-D, referring to Jesus Christ. Two different Hebrew words, Yahweh and Adonai. The one refers in this context to the Father and the other to the Son. Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. There's little doubt that uh, this text speaks about God the Father and God the Son. The writer to the Hebrews in Hebrews chapter 1 refers this text to the Son, that the Son is the one sitting at the right hand of the Father as King of kings and Lord of lords. And the Apostle Peter in Acts chapter 2 refers this portion of the psalm to the Father and the Son, that the Son is exalted to the right hand of the Father in His exaltation. And thus, the Father has declared Him to be both Lord and Christ. And so the Father, the Father appoints Jesus Christ as your King. And of course... Since the Father has appointed Jesus Christ as your King, it is your place to confess Jesus Christ as your King. And you do this in the great Christian confession, Romans 10:9. If you confess with your mouth Jesus as Lord and believe in your heart that God raised Him from the dead, you shall be saved. This is the great Christian confession that Jesus is Lord. And God calls each of us to confess Him as Lord. And God will have His way in each one of our lives in the end. You see, the Son carries out all of the appointed duties that the Father gives to Him. He accomplishes all of the Father's purposes. You can drop down to verses 5, 6, and 7 to see this is the case. And first of all, notice that verse 5 begins, The Lord. Notice how it's written. Capital L, small o-r-d. 
In reference back to verse 1, the Lord says to my Lord, the Father speaking to the Son. And now the text speaks about the Son and what He accomplishes. The Lord is at your right hand. Yes, Jesus Christ is at the right hand of the Father. He will shatter kings in the day of His wrath. He will come a second time in glory and will judge the earth. He will judge among the nations. Yes, Jesus Christ is Lord of the nations. And He will judge among the nations. He will judge among the peoples. This is the prerogative of Jesus Christ. And because this is the case, you and I, of course, ought to bow deeply before Him. He will fill them with corpses. Speaking of the nations. Verse 6 again. He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over a broad country. Jesus Christ coming a second time in glory will judge the world and judge the nations. At the very end of the book of Hebrews, uh, book of Hebrews, no, the book of Isaiah, at the very end of the book of Isaiah, Isaiah speaks about the new heavens and the new earth. And the very last verse in the book of Isaiah speaks of the saints going out and observing the corpses, the dead bodies in hell, in the place where the worm does not die and the flames are not quenched. This again is a poetic way of saying that the people in heaven will look into the pit of hell to see those who are dead indeed and dead in torment in hell. And why would this be the case? Why would there be such a scene? You would think that there might be sadness in heaven, therefore. No, uh, this will not be the case because it will be an indication of the great love and grace and mercy of God in Jesus Christ and how much He has spared those of us who have the privilege of being in heaven. And then verse 7 speaks again of the Savior. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, he will lift up his head. In judgment, yes, Jesus Christ will be satisfied because evil will be destroyed and his rule over all will be made manifest and he will be able to lift up his head in victory. But it's not just the negative about which you and I should think when we come to texts like verses 5, 6, and 7. 
Verse 6 again, He will judge among the nations. He will fill them with corpses. He will shatter the chief men over the broad country. He will drink from the brook by the wayside. Therefore, He will lift up His head. Jesus Christ does not only judge the nations, but He gives grace and renewal to people in the nations like you and me. And when there's a negative spoken, you can always be sure you can think of the positive. And in this case, the goodness of God in Jesus Christ that's given to you and to me. Yes, Jesus Christ is your King. And He accomplishes all the Father's purposes. And your King does so by ruling the nations. Go back up to verse 2 in the psalm. The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying... Again, we enter into uh, these words of God, the Father, with regard to the Son... The Lord will stretch forth your strong scepter from Zion, saying, Rule in the midst of your enemies. Yes, the rule of Jesus Christ is in the midst of His enemies. It's quite startling when you think about the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ into the world, into this fallen world. When Jesus Christ entered into the world and was born a babe in Bethlehem, there was nothing but darkness in this fallen world. And He was the lone light that was to be brought into the world, to shine in this world, and to be the light of men and women. And so it was that in the midst of his enemies, he began to rule. Do you remember the great commission of our Lord Jesus Christ? Before he ascended into heaven, he has said to the disciples, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. Go therefore and make disciples of all the nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And lo, I am with you always, even to the end of the age." And subsequent to giving that command, because they understood that Jesus Christ has all authority in heaven and on earth, the disciples went into the nations of the world, from Jerusalem to Judea and on into all of the earth. And this is one reason why 
people like us are able to sit together in a congregation, in a city, in Indiana, far away from Jerusalem, far away from the Middle East, and hear the gospel and understand the things of Jesus Christ. Because Jesus Christ is able to carry out all that the Father has given Him to do because He is the King of the nations. And He holds the scepter of power in His hand. And He sends forth His emissaries throughout the world to proclaim the gospel. Yes, the King does rule over the nations. But this is not all. The King, the King is also your priest. And the Father appoints your King as your priest. And so you can drop down to verse 4 in Psalm 110. The Lord has sworn and will not change His mind. You are a priest forever according to the order of Melchizedek. Jesus Christ appointed your great high priest. Your king is your priest. The name Melchizedek is made up of two Hebrew words. Melech and Zedek. Melech meaning king and Zedek meaning righteousness. Melchizedek, king of righteousness. And so Jesus Christ is the king of righteousness par excellence. He is the one who entered into the world and lived a perfect life. And He did so for the likes of you and me. And after having lived that perfect life, He went to the cross as a perfect sacrifice for the sins of His people, for the likes of you and me. And as our great high priest, as earlier indicated, He gave Himself as the bloody sacrifice for our sins. He is, He is the peace offering of the Old Testament. The one who affects peace with the Father because He has paid for all our sins. He is the one who is the whole burnt offering in all of its excellence, because He fully gave of Himself for the likes of you and me. He is the one who shed His blood and as He did so, had your sins and my sins placed upon Himself. 
and he bore them away in his body on the cross. He is the great scapegoat spoken of in the Day of Atonement in the Old Testament. He is your great high priest, your king. And he is a priest forever. And having taken his position at the right hand of God the Father, he prays for you and for me. He intercedes for us. And he will do so until he brings us into glory itself. You have the best of all possible prayer warriors praying for you and seeking the face of the Father for you. Problems? Jesus Christ intercedes for you as your great high priest. And because Jesus Christ is your great priest and king, certain things happen to you. Certain things have taken place in your life. The result is, first of all, that Jesus Christ has made you his own. And so we come to the very center of the psalm as a literary piece in verse 3. Your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power in holy array from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are to you as the dew. Your people volunteer freely in the day of your power. Today is the day of the power of Jesus Christ because today is the day in which Jesus Christ sits on His throne in glory. And from that position, from that throne, Jesus Christ pours out the Holy Spirit upon the likes of you and me. And because of the work of the Spirit in your life, Jesus Christ causes you to be born again to a living hope. Yes, because Jesus Christ is your King. You have been brought into His kingdom and have been born again. This is the wonderful truth. And this is why you volunteer freely. Otherwise, you would not turn to Christ. Otherwise, you would not exercise faith in Jesus Christ. The whole idea is that new birth comes before faith. And in order for you to believe in Jesus Christ, in order for you to repent of your sins and turn to Jesus Christ, you must be born again. This is the message that Jesus Himself gave to Nicodemus. 
And in order for you to freely volunteer to serve Jesus Christ, you must be born again. And so, what is the case in your life? What has transpired in your life? Has the King caused you to be born again to a living hope through His own resurrection from the dead? I suspect this is the case because you are here. (laughs) And I know that many of you have made a public profession of faith in this congregation. And you have stood before the congregation and said that you believe that the Bible is the inspired, infallible Word of God, and that you believe that Jesus Christ died on that cross to pay the penalty for your sins, and that you do trust Him from your heart. And because Jesus Christ is your King, you are now able to freely volunteer to serve Him. What a pleasure it is. And what an assurance it ought to be to realize that this is the case. But then verse 3 goes on to say, In holy array from the womb of the dawn, in holy array, how is it that you serve? Jesus Christ as your King. You serve Jesus Christ as your King because He has not only caused you to be born again, but He has clothed you in holy garments, the garments of His righteousness. He has taken away your sin and placed upon you His righteousness. This is His good work as your great high priest. And so, in holy array, you serve the Lord Jesus Christ. Oh, it... It doesn't matter what garments you happen to put on this morning. It doesn't matter at all. Because Jesus Christ has already outfitted you with the garments that make you acceptable in the presence of of God the Father. And so you're able to come and address Him and sing to Him. Notice that the beginning of verse 3, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power, refers to the first part of the psalm. Verses 1 and 2. And notice that The second part of verse 3, in holy array from the womb of the dawn, refers to the second part of 
the psalm and the idea of the priesthood. And so, in this center section, your people will volunteer freely in the day of your power, in holy array, from the womb of the dawn. Your youth are as are to you as the dew. And the picture is simply this, that of a morning, a cool morning, when you go out and you walk through the grass and it's full of dew, or you would look in the fields and the fields are full of dew, the people of God are as many as the drops of dew on the ground when the dawn breaks. It's a beautiful picture. And that army of people volunteer to serve Jesus Christ freely. And so that's the big message of the song. Freely serve Jesus Christ, your great priest and king. This Friday evening, my uh, wife and I had the privilege of uh, attending the annual uh, uh, banquet uh, given by the seminary uh, for fundraising. And uh, at that banquet annually, uh, the seminary honors uh, usually a former graduate, uh, but this year uh, the seminary honored uh, a fellow from Sterling, Kansas, uh, the church that uh, I formerly served and uh, as pastor, uh, Elder John, who was a farmer in uh, Sterling and a very gracious man. He's the biggest operator in the county and a man of some means. And this example of his desire to serve was given to the assembled group. that upon a visit he took some soybeans and put them on the table. Well, Farmer John would have some soybeans. And he divided the soybeans and said, these represent the amount of uh, money that's needed to carry on our household and to raise our children and do the necessary work around the farm. And the rest of this pile is money that can be given away to serve others. And unbeknownst to the gathered assembly, 
John had earlier given the lead gift in a capital campaign of several million dollars. The capital campaign was for several million dollars. And he had given the lead gift for that campaign as his way of serving the Reformed Presbyterian Church of North America. It doesn't matter how we may come about giving our service to the church. It might be in a way that Elder John was able to do in the providence of God. But in your case and in my case, it may be in much smaller ways. Of just saying to someone in the congregation, how did your week go in this past week? And didn't you tell me that your children were having some difficulty in school? What was the outcome of that difficulty? And inevitably the response coming back will be, thanks for asking. It's a little thing, but it's serving the Lord Jesus Christ in the moment, in the circumstance in which He has been pleased to place you. Jesus Christ is your great King and Priest. He is certainly worthy of our service. And the lesson of the psalm is simple. Serve Jesus Christ, your great King and Priest. Freely serve Jesus Christ, your great King and Priest. Let's pray together. Father, glad we are that you were pleased to come to us in Jesus Christ. Glad we are that you appointed him King of all the earth and that you made him our great high priest. And glad we are that the outcome of these appointments is that you've made us your own and that we are able to serve this Jesus Christ, our great King and Priest. Impress upon us the importance of this task, we pray. In the good and gracious name of Jesus Christ, who is the Lord. Amen.